Are you looking for sports merchandise? Then go on the web to www.decalworlds.com for all your sports merchandise needs and wants. They sell floor mats, watch and wallet gift sets, and much, much more. So start shopping with Decal Worlds today at decalworlds.com. What's up, everybody? This is your boy, uh, David, a.k.a. Preacher Band, and I want to let you know that you are tuning into the greatest podcast on planet Earth, where I keep it real to talk about real events that affect everyday living. Now, go and tell your friends to follow Frasier Chronicles on all major platforms. Now, let's jump into today's hot topic that I have for you all today. So, we all know that November 3rd is the election time. It is a great time to uh, basically go out, as everyone is saying, and make your vote count, make your uh, voice heard. And I just want to talk about right now um, something that uh, is very uh, uh, important uh, uh, when it comes to a presidential election. Okay? I want to just elaborate a little bit on a couple of questions um, that people uh, like yourself uh, have, all right? And I want people to really take the presidential uh, election, okay? And I want you to take it um, in the way that you take it, whether you're Democrat, whether you're Republican, um, whether you're, uh, you're, you don't belong to any party, okay? And you're just like, hey, I'm not a Democrat, I'm not a Republican, I'm just going to vote for who, who's going to give me the better option, right? Or give uh, this particular group or this particular group, whether it's black, whether it's white, whether it's Hispanics, whether it's uh, Jews, Gentiles, or whoever, the, uh, the, the, the better lifestyle, as we call it. Um, the first question that one of our great listeners here in the U.S. of A has asked and sent in the question, uh, does my vote matter okay and and I think and I'm gonna answer that um when we talk about does my vote matter okay who are we talking about okay are we talking about does it matter to me does it matter to the uh, elected officials does it matter to the voters who who does this thing matter to so let me let me let, let me just talk about this your vote matters to you. And I'm going to tell you why. When it comes down to who I vote for, it is a matter of just being able to select on a piece of paper, on a ballot, who I think is the great or best candidate. Okay, that, that's all it is. It's basically like a recommendation type deal, if it makes sense. So, so basically, when we are voting... We're basically putting in a recommendation. That's that's it. It's like anything else. It's like uh, if, if if you were the president, put yourself in the presidential uh, uh, nominee, right, as a nominee, and you're going against uh, any you know your best friend. Let's just say you utilize your best friend, and you're both going on television. You're talking, debating. Why should you select me, right? And then what the what, what you might say is, well, select me because I'm going to give higher pay, right? Uh, to middle class workers. And then your friend might come back and say, well, 
I can do better. I'm going to do higher pay. I'm also going to help with uh, child care for the next three years due to the pandemic so parents can get back to work. When people are listening into the debate, they're basically listening to see if they want to basically give a recommendation to you as a candidate. Okay? So does my vote matter? It's more, it's more on the lines of yes, as a recommendation, but at the end of the day, we have something called the Electoral College. Okay? So, so again, it matters as far as you go of your opinion, but we're going to move to the Electoral College. Does it matter to the Electoral College? So again, I, I, I want to make sure I clarify that. I answered that. Does my vote matter? It's basically, again, a recommendation and it, it, it might matter. It, it, it might matter. Okay. So it, it, when it comes down to who they put in the office, as far as our president goes, it's basically all for recommendations. Right. And we have this thing called the Electoral College, which basically gets together every four years. All right. Every four years, because every four years, the president is voted on. All right. And the Electoral College basically decides the outcome. Yes, everybody. Yes, my listeners, international and in America, the Electoral College. These group of people only get together every four years to basically pick the nominee as the winner. So with that being said, no matter how much people are telling you Run to the polls. Go vote. They're not telling you that at the end of the day, we all can go vote, but it depends on who the Electoral College wants in on the as the president. Okay? And I think that as a, as, as a podcaster and, and being real as I am, the Electoral College determines the outcome. So if the if we all vote, let's just say the that that one president gets more vote, and we've seen it back during the Gore and Bush era that there was a recount back in Florida. Okay, once an individual wins, why are we doing recounts? At that point, the Electoral College makes the decision. There are like the executive CEOs. They, at the end of the day, take the supervisors that they have in charge of their company or their business, and they allow them to make a little bit of the rules. But at the end of the day, the CEO is going to come up with the outcome of the rules. And that is the same way. So right here, we're, we're, we're getting, you know, the... Now you're getting the truth, all right. And and and, and if you want to know what this is called, this is called presidential talk. This 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 podcast is presidential talk. So everybody understand, we're just talking about presidential things. So the next question that another individual here in the states asked was, "How do I choose the right president? How how do I know we're choosing the right president?" So when you're when you're looking at the nominees. 
Okay, and you're, you're looking at who do I vote for? How do I know if I'm voting for the correct person? The first thing you want to look for is facts, factual events. And I say that because when, when the presidents are debating and they're talking, sometimes we get so in tune to listening to a lot of fact, uh, uh, fictional, not facts, fictional events. Right. That, hey, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to go here. I'm going to make this change. I'm going to make that change. I'm going to go to African-American community. I'm going to take all the, the guns out. I'm going to take all the drugs out. I'm going to revamp that. I'm going to make every black citizen in America a great. And, and, and instead of really looking closely and say, OK, what did this individual do maybe as a as a as a as a, as a governor? If that's the, the seat they sit on or as a state senator or um, as someone who might, you know, um, was on city council. These things are your, you know, or, or state representative. These things are going to tell you the picture of them, of him or her. So when you get into these uh, presidential debates and you're like, hey, how do I choose the right president? Go off some of their background. Go and do some research. Don't take what they say to be uh, facts. And we all we 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 all have found ourselves in that predicament at points. Is we're we're over here. We're thinking like, hey, I'm choosing the right president. And then obviously the ball is dropped. And then we're trying to figure out, well, where did we go wrong as voters? Where did we go wrong? And I think that is because you're not expanding your mindset. You need to, and I recommend that you go and, and look at background checks. Look at what they're doing. Look at what they haven't done. Look at what they're talking about. How can they do something they've never done? That is what I'm talking about. All right? And, 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 and at the end of the day, the, the president can say anything, but at the end of the day, Congress has the authority to basically say, no, he's not or she's not going to make that change. Right. And, and and that's how all of this, this is a big system where everybody has a boss. The president even has a boss. So he's the highest in, in, in America at the at the as the um, overseer of the country. But again, he has people that makes those calls as far as saying, hey, Mr. President, you're not going to be able to do this. Hey, Mr. President, you're not doing that. We're not. We, we understand that this is what you want to do. And that's not what's going to happen. So at the end of the day, how do I choose the right president? You need to go. And do some research. That's how I'm going to answer that. Go and do research. Another question that came in. Is talk cheap? Is talk cheap? Yes, talk is cheap. Actions are the best thing going. Talk is cheap. And I'd say talk is cheap. Why? Why is talk cheap? Talk is cheap when it comes down to me or anybody wanting to run for the presidential seat. And we have a whole country here in the United States that we are accounted for. We are in charge of making the decisions that American people will be affected by. And if all I do is talk and make no actions all I did was put myself into is in is to the category of talk is cheap. So basically, as a presidential nominee, right, we're going to tell the general public in every state that this is our agenda. 
And this is how we're going to rock this agenda. Right. But you never hear the partnership between a presidential nominee and Congress. You never hear them say, well, I'm going to sit with Congress and we're going to discuss these changes. They always want to put it that I'm the president. I'm going to make executive decisions. I'm going to sign laws. I'm going to sign this and I'm going to sign that. And I'm going to do what it is that I have set the agenda to be. That is incorrect. It does not work that way. You know, as the president, they have to go before Congress at the end of the day and Congress will basically bless off or they will trash what you want. So talk to me is cheap. And I want to say that because a lot of us can talk the talk, but can we walk the walk? And that's where a lot of things um, come into play when it really matters the most is, yes, I can talk all day. I can tell you all day that I'm going to give every American $1,000, every American $600,000 for being great Americans, right? And then when I get into office, I go in understanding that I can't really do that. But because I am trying to get the vote of poor people, I can say anything and they will go with it. The rich man and the rich woman are going to understand that this is about to be the laughing stock of the great old poor people. So talk is cheap. Talk is cheap. I think this is a great one. Great question. Great, phenomenal question that I'm about to ask that has been brought up. Why does voting matter? Why does voting matter? From a political point of view, it matters because people have fought so that you and I can vote, right? And, and, and at the same time, we are in a country where if a person is in prison, they are a felon. They cannot vote. So why does voting matter? Voting matters only because we need recommendations. I stated that in the beginning. Does my, does my vote matter? When that question was on the table. Now I'm on the question of why does voting matter? Voting matters only because there's needed recommendations from the American people. Who do they want in? Right? And what they do is they look at recommendations. Everything we do in life when we uh, are, are applying for jobs, right? We're, we're in America. We're applying for jobs. Uh, the question uh, goes in the HR, Human Resource Office. So let's look at it like this. You're, you're applied for a job. I'm the supervisor. I'm working with some other uh, managers on the, of the position. We're trying to look for some hires. And all we're doing is at the end of the day, everybody's making a recommendation on, hey, this candidate, this, this, this candidate is good because this candidate has a PhD. Or, hey, this candidate's good to have a master's. This candidate's good to have a bachelor's. Right? All these candidates, these three candidates are our top choices. Well, we're trying to narrow the list to one. Well, what does this candidate background look like? And when we're talking about background, what work have they done? So the position can be for, hey, we want another HR human resource assistant. So let, let's just take two candidates with the, the uh, PhD and the master's. Let's just say hypothetically they both um, were executives, uh, uh, worked in executive leadership positions at a company. 
And then let's take the guy or the woman with the bachelors and let's say, oh, that person has done human resources for the last six to seven years. All right. They say, well, hey, the Ph.D. individual, they can come in, but we will have to pay them a substantial amount because they had the Ph.D. Toss them out. Now we're at a, a bachelor's and a master's. Well, we look at the master's. They don't have any uh, human resources qualifications. They don't run and then they're going to want higher wages. Toss them out. Well, now you're at this position to uh, get someone who has the human resource experience, right? So then the, the recommendations at the bottom are basically saying, okay, we want this bachelor's degree guy or woman, right? They toss that, hey, uh, CEO, we want this individual. And the CEO goes, well, no, I want somebody with a PhD. So again, it's all um, recommendations. At the end of the day, again, that the, the CEO of voting would be the electoral college. They will basically say and, and, and subside with who they want in, and it's a group of people, they come together every four years. That's a factual event, okay? So, again, why does voting matter? I gave the answer, and I want you to take this as basically you and I, when we vote, are basically recommendations. That's all we are. All right. And, and, and again, I say that because some votes don't even get counted. Right. So the ones that that they count are basically the ones that they look at and say, OK, well, hey, they 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 get their voters in. Give them let them be the recommendator. Let them recommend. All right. Count their recommendation. Look at what they want. All right. We got enough people voting for this person. OK, OK. We got enough people vote for blacks, vote for males, vote for females, vote for whites. So, yeah, I mean, that's all it is. is basically wreck recommendations that is it all right so if you you know i don't i don't want people to get their you know all my listeners i don't want you to get your your you know your hopes up and get upset because you know this is what i'm saying is basically hey i'm gonna go down to the polls just to be a recommendate uh, a recommend who i want in that's facts you vote that's how you're doing you know i mean we're we're taught so many different things that we have the final say if we had the final say we wouldn't have an electoral college i mean i'm just being honest we wouldn't have electoral college. We wouldn't need them, right? Because we 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 would basically cast our vote. Our vote will count. It will matter. At the end of the day, it doesn't. The electoral college makes the, the, the executive decision. We're just recommendations. I want to now, in the presidential talk, on, on presidential talk, I want to talk about um, what will the next four years look like. So with, with both presidential candidates that we have, we have uh, President Trump, who is our current president, and we have uh, Joe Biden, who is the runner against President Trump. And I want to just say, with the pre current president we have, I think that the next four years will look like the four years that passed. And I only say that because, um, you know, a lot of changes are, you know, to try to come once this individual um, is reelected and makes the choices um, they kind of revert back to the agenda and, I, and I, that they were already on. So I, I just want to put that into uh, my opinion. That is my opinion. All right. That is not a factual statement. That is my opinion. Um, do I think that we we can have a successful the next four years be successful with president under President Trump, our current president? Um, I, I want to say it could be successful. I, and, we, and, and the reason I say this is because we as people 
have to really examine ourselves. Are we solutions to the problem? Or are we uh, the problem? Right? Are we creating the problems? Uh, whether who's in power as the president, at the end of the day, your life doesn't stop, nor does my life stop, nor would my podcast stop. Okay? When I want to flip the page now to talk to about Joe Biden. How do, how do I feel and what do I see for the next four years if he's elected? Okay? And, and, and basically, I'm going to say it'll be a new agenda. Will changes happen that we are expecting as blacks, as whites, as Jews, as Gentiles, as uh, Irelanders, uh, Mexicans? Will the next four years under Joe Biden, what will it look like? And my opinion is basically he's going to come in with his agenda. And his agenda is basically going to be basically what is enforced in a way. You know, again, I keep saying that everything goes through Congress. Congress, at the end of the day, has the final say as far as will we let your agenda, will we let the presidential agendas walk, or will we just let the presidential um, agenda be a talk? Right. So I think under Biden, it, there might be a slight change. Those changes, I don't really know. There, there's never, it has not been really talked about in the debates. Um, some things that they talk about in the debates and that he has talked about, I'm not sure if it happened. I, I'm really not sure. Now, will racism go away in the next four years? Will racism go in the next uh, go away in the next eight years? No, it will not. Racism will always be here. So if 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 we're looking for racism to end, that is something that is an individual is individualized. The individual have to make that decision. And I'm talking about whether that's a presidential uh, candidate or a, 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 a regular Americans. Racism is at the top priority and racism will not go away. And the reason it won't go away is because we have people who have been raised under race, racist laws and racist upbringings. And that, that's all they know until they open their mind and realize like, hey, racism needs to stop. We need to make changes. If they're in a hate group, they need to change that. They need to get out of that. Right. But if somebody's feeding you, if you're in a racist group and you, they're just feeding you racism and racism and racism and talking about how we're in power. Why does it matter if a black person or a white person or whites or blacks or Jews, or Gentiles, or Mexicans are in power. Why? Why does it matter? Having an upper hand, Matt. Why? Why? And I and, and, and I'm not going to answer that right now because we're under presidential talk. I will answer that maybe in another um, podcast. But I, I just want to throw that out there. Another, the, the next question, uh, which is the next question close to my last question, is uh, where do we see the pandemic going after the election? That's a great question. That one of our listeners have asked, where do we see the pandemic going after the election? Whether Joe Biden wins or whether President Trump wins, I think and I feel that the pandemic is going to be a slow fader. All right. Every I've said this before. Every time an election happens, a pandemic happens, whether whether it's international or whether it's in America. This year, it's been international and it has affected America. 
But the pandemic will go away. It's going to go away like anything else. It's going to go away. And I'm going to tell you why. Because when it comes down to president, presidential candidates or people running for president, running for office, running for the uh, president's mansion, which is basically what the White House used to be called. It used to be called the president's mansion. Go back and look up some history. See, this is, these are facts that I'm throwing out there. So look at, look at some of the facts I'm throwing out. The presidential mansion or the White House, as we want to call it. The pandemic's going to go. And when they run for these houses, all they're going to do is talk about what they're going to do to make the pandemic go away. What changes they're going to implement, what vaccines they're going to implement, what this, what that, how this, how that. Right. And when they say, well, vote for me, I'll show you that. That's the biggest. That's the biggest thing. Vote for me and I'll show you. Right. And then they get in there and the pandemic goes away. Boom. Gone. Back to normal. Live your life. Right. Go back and do what you were doing before your shows were interrupted. Go back and do what you were doing before your family vacation was interrupted. Go back and do what you were doing before CDC interrupted you and told you this is what you need to be doing. Staying away from your family, staying away from your friends, staying away from your religious practice, whatever. Then that president comes in and say, hey, I want churches open back up. I want mosques open back up. I want the, the, the kingdom halls open back up. I want the Buddhist temples open back up. I want the schools open back up. I want the banks open. I want everybody making sure that they get full amount of change. This is where it's going to go after the election. Watch it. It's going to go back to normalcy. Do not be panicking out there. Do not panic. It's been a lot of panicking. Do not panic. After November 3rd, things will go back to normal, I promise. Promise you that. Again, that's my opinion, but I, I feel like the, after the election, the pandemic will slowly subside. Nothing in the world lasts forever. Nothing. And I think when we get that through our heads and we start educating our minds and we start educating, becoming spiritually educated, we will see that the pain of this country that we've gone through will subside. It will not last forever. You will not have to go wearing a mask forever. You will be allowed to take your mask off. It's just a point of when the election is over. You will be back to normalcy. Because that whoever wins the presidential election will have to bring pandemic change, which will basically say, go back and live your normal life. We have this thing under control. We've got we found out what it is. We, we, we know what it is. Get back and live your life. That's how it's going to play out. That's how it's going to work. Now. For. The final two questions that I have, I have two and one. Was one question is one question with two questions in it. One listener asks this question, or both questions, but I will go with. I would say both questions real quick. Will we be returning to work, or will we still have kids learning remotely, and I have to stay home? I'm going to answer that. The first one I want to talk about will we. Be Will we be returning to work? Yes, you will be returning to work. So if you, you, you're, you're on the edge, you're looking for a job, I, I, I would, my recommendation is if you're looking for a job, start putting in the applications now. 
Because November 3rd's election is going to change a lot of things, whether President, President Trump or whether presidential candidate Joe Biden wins. We're, everyone's going to be starting to return to work because they're going to bring in this normalcy. We, the pandemic's got to go away. We got to get the economy back. We got to put it in good hands. We got to make changes. We have to do this for the American people because we cannot live like this for the next four years. It won't look good as a president in the White House or in the president's mansion. It will not look good. So return to work, yes, you will. You will have to. And I, I'm, again, I will tell you, and I will, I, I will say it again, if you're looking for a job, go ahead and put them applications in now. Jobs are going to be calling. You're going to be, you know, the holidays are coming up. And I just want to throw that out there. You know, they're going to keep telling you, you know, this is what you need to do, this is what you need to do, this is what you At the end of the day, you need to do what you need to do. Stop listening to everybody. Do what you need to do. All right? And then the question that I want to ask, will, will, will we still have kids learning remotely? And I think that if I answer this question correctly, that some people might have an issue with it, and I'm going to still answer it correctly. I think that we will have a little bit of remote learning, not a lot, just, just a tad bit, but I think that all schools will be open back up. And I say this to say this. As the schools start to open up, and let's say a, a COVID outbreak happens, I think that what's going to happen and what's going to be in place, and this is just my opinion, that the individual who tested positive will be quarantined at home and the rest of the kids will still follow suit and go to school. Um, is that putting kids in harm's way? I think that we, we have to stop really looking all the time as if things are in harm's way because every day we go outside, it's putting yourself in harm's way. Every day you drive your car, it's putting yourself in harm's way. Every time that you uh, eat something, you're putting yourself in harm's way. And I'm saying this realistically because if you eat something, choke on it, and it doesn't come back up, you'll, you'll die. If you get into a car crash because there's no guarantee that if you crash, if you get in your car to go to the grocery store, you'll make it to the grocery store, you'll make it back. So these things... Everything in life is almost putting yourself in harm's way, all right? And, and with a pandemic like this, these pandemics are not new. The coronavirus is not new. As they want to say it's new, they can, they can utilize the words of a new strand. That makes more sense, but the coronavirus has been around for years, for centuries. Um, we as people... And as Americans, since this is presidential talk, really need to become educated more than ever. I think that it doesn't take you going back to school to educating your mind or being being educated. It takes all it takes is just doing research and getting other people's opinions. You know, everything that we learn throughout our lives and in school was through textbook reading. And through lectures and through PowerPoints. Why can't you do this on your own? You're working jobs endlessly. You're an American, which is the great news, but you are an American 
and you're in a blind American, which is the bad news. Educate yourself on these matters. Educate yourself. Because at the end of the day, an uneducated person believes anything. Educated people look into facts. They look into it. And I think that would make things a lot better will be us really looking into facts. You don't have to like who's in office. And I say that I'm in open honesty. But you should basically respect the position they're in. And I know that sometimes can be the hardest thing to do is respect the position. Respect that this individual is going to make some executive changes that need to be changed and address things that need to be addressed. And you don't have to like them because I'm going to put it like this to you. We, we grew up and I grew up in, in, in as a young kid where I didn't like every teacher I had. Hell, I didn't even like doing all the homework they, they had us to do. But I respect my teacher for the position that they held. And I had to. I had, I had no choice. And when I say I have no choice, it's because I was raised by great parents. You don't have to like people to make decisions for your life. You don't have to. I didn't like every teacher I had, but yet I graduated. I didn't like every professor I had, but yet I graduated. So I made decisions for my life. It doesn't matter about the position a person's in at the end of the day. Whether they're a racist individual. I've had teachers who were racist. But at the end of the day, it was... It is, as I call it, it is what it is. I did my part. And as Americans, it doesn't matter if a person is at the top, is a racist, you have to do what it is you need to do for your life. Because at the end of the day, one time, you can have a four-year uh, term president who's racist, and then the next person comes in and have no racism in them. They just like, hey, people are human to human. We're going to make humanized decisions. We're going to think about human life. And here you are behind four years because you set four years under someone and all you thought about was, well, they were racist. I can't make the change. They were racist. I can't live under that. They are racist. I can't do this. And then somebody comes in. That's eight years. The next, for the next four years after those four years pass and that's eight years and they have put you, you know, ahead, but you're still behind the four years. And the people that did what they had to do, they are thriving because they allowed, they didn't allow anyone who was racist to determine their life, to determine what they wanted to do with their life. They, they didn't do that. So again, make the decisions for your life. This is Presidential Talk on Frazier Chronicles by your boy, David, a.k.a. Preacher Man. I want to first off before I end my show, I want to give thanks to all of my listeners in America as well as international listeners. 
I also want you to I also want you to know that you can go and donate to Frasier Chronicles on the web at www.frasierchronicles.com. It'll be at the top of the screen. Hit the donate button. You can donate any amount of your choice, whether that's one penny to $100 or whatever. You make your own. It's not set for you. We also would like for you and want to invite you to follow us at Fraser Chronicles on YouTube. Yes, we are, we are on YouTube, guys, ladies and gentlemen, international and in America. We are on the YouTube platform. We are also on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. And you can look us up on all social media platforms, Fraser Chronicles. It will pop up. You can go and send us a follow, a like, subscription, subscribe on YouTube. You also can look us up on major platforms, podcasting platforms. We are on major plat- uh, podcasting platforms, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Podbean, and there are others out there that you can find us on and follow us. So that you will never miss another episode, another show on these great talks that I bring to each and every one of you around the world. I want to thank all my listeners who are actively listening. And I want to thank of all I want to thank all of our new listeners who will be joining us later on. Make sure you also share these podcasts with everybody. We want to let you know that we are thankful and grateful for all. Everything that our listeners are doing, we want to thank our sponsor, decalworld.com, for believing in us and still investing in us. If you know of any businesses or anyone who wants to sponsor Frasier Chronicles, they can also email us, podcaster at fraserchronicles.com. Again, that email is podcaster at frasierchronicles.com we want to also say um, before we close this is the greatest podcast on planet earth where I keep it real and talk about real events that affect everyday listening and everyday living until our next episode it's your boy, David, a.k.a. Preacher Man, from Fraser Chronicles.